This is Marvel 616 Politics, episode 86, with your host Andy. And Jared. So Jared, man, did you uh, did you dance with Furley? No. When is that? Um, it's not happening now. <laughs> what? Why? What happened? Did uh, oh. you and Furley get in a fight? No, Furley canceled. Oh. <laughs> so I'm still dancing, just not with Tina Turner's background dancer. Oh, so you're just dancing by yourself. No, there's another person. There were going to be three of us dancing background. Mm-hmm. There's going to be Furley, myself, and another person. And now Furley's not there, so it's just the two of us. Wait, didn't you already say the other person's name on the last podcast? Oh, I think so, Eric. Oh, no, maybe not. I thought it was uh, your friend from... Well, Donovan's singing. Oh, Donovan's singing. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. So, okay, well, maybe you didn't say Beep's name. I don't know. <laughs> no, so she just... Turns out that she had a contract that she didn't fulfill another time, and the understanding was when they call her in to fulfill this contract, she has to do it, and there's, they called no, her in. There's no if, then, buts are about it, huh? I guess not. She's like, I'm not even going to be in the country. Oh, boy. Uh, or like... Wow. So, they're trying to get another... They're trying to get Solange... She's also a dancer for Tina, so we'll sure, see. Sure, but not as good, of course. Yeah. Well, I, she just fairly has a personal connection with her and Donovan are good friends. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, does Furley like, like, I mean, does she like Tina Turner as much as the fans do, or is it more like a working relationship? We'll never know. Okay. Because she won't be there to ask. Mm. There was going to be a lunch with Furley. Canceled. <laughs> I, I... I'm sorry, buddy. Yeah, way to start off the podcast really well. Oh, it's the sad, sad times of our lives. How about you? You been dancing with anybody? Well, no. No, No, I have not. No. Not even my... What? You're a good dancer. I'm okay. Um, What are you referring to? I've seen you dance. What, on that video for Jen's birthday? Yeah, you were in a gorilla (laughs) costume. good yes 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 we might have to share that with the body politic no i don't i don't think so that has you other people blur out your face <laughs> yeah you're gonna have to blur out everybody's face <laughs> oh yeah i guess you're right <laughs> that kid that i'm breaking into <gasps> <laughs> what's up with you though if you're not dancing well, you know, if I'm not dancing, oh, I'm just hitting the books, man. This, I'm getting my master's. I think I told you that on the podcast. I can't remember. But yes. this accounting class is kicking my booty. Well, what is the incentive for doing this in the first place? That's an excellent question. It's basically to, number one, become more marketable. Number two, to have a better understanding of what it is I'm trying to do here at my job because a lot of the stuff does relate to what I'm doing. So okay. that's that's basically it, you know. So and and one and two or there's a three? There is one, three. 
And that would be to not squander my post-9-11 GI Bill. Oh, you still have that. Yeah, because there's a time limit, so, you know. Huh. What's the time limit, like 15 years? Um, once you start it, I, I don't know exactly what the time limit is, but once you start it, you, the, the clock is ticking, and mm-hmm. I only have, um, I think, 19 months left, so it's not even going to cover this whole thing. You you won't finish in nineteen months. No, it's a twenty four month thing. Yeah, but Andy, come on. <laughs> what? You can do it. Can I though? <laughs> I mean, winners find a way. Right. I've heard that. I've heard the loser, but right. <laughs> right. Just kidding, dude. I was I I texted you about this. I had a killer paper. Yeah, an ethics paper that I wrote. It's fantastic. <laughs> I, I gotta say, it's amazing. You should publish it on the page. You should. Maybe I will. Can we just mention Iron Man in a sentence? Thus, it's six one six compatible. Right, and he is a businessman. There you go. There's got to yeah. be some Marvel character that's an accountant, right? Well, Havoc. No, no, not Havoc. Um, Iceman. He got his degree in accounting. Oh yeah, Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> But since Bendis has taken him, maybe he didn't. Right? Yeah, we don't know. We don't know if he ever finished that. <laughs> right. So you're going to have a degree in political science. Political and... science. Yep. Well, I was going to say poli sci, and then I just I didn't go for it. I should. Poly... You know, you start. You should just finish going. You know, and I just didn't. I totally understand. So. Do you want to hear the most exciting things that are going on in my life right now? Oh, the ethics paper is not? That's over. I turned it in. Oh, okay. You're just basking in the afterglow. (laughs) If you will. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's a weird comment, buddy. Well, Uh, because we don't do Tina Tina Awards anymore, so I have to get my Tina references in there somehow. We're going to have to do Tina Awards next episode. Well, it's just this guy that produces the show. He's just like a Nazi. <laughs> I suppose that's true. I'll make a. I'll, I'll put in a request. Okay. Yeah, well, we, in the meantime, tell me what the most exciting thing is that's happening in your life. Okay, two things. Right. Right well, now, I don't have time to really read. However, however, I read that one uh, Jim. Butcher, I think his name is. Uh, he wrote the Spider-Man book. Down, what is it called? These Mean Streets or Darkest Hours. And I read that. I really enjoyed it. And then I found out that they had a whole, like, they published like 20 books. Marvel published like 20 novels in that amount of time. So we have, like, you have second-priced books, half-priced books, right? Yes. So we have Second and Charles. And so I we go. We have one of those. Oh, yeah, okay, all right. Well, next time you go in there, check out and see if they have any of these for me. Um, So I'm going in probably once or twice, maybe three times a week during lunch just to get away and go in and see if they have any of these. I mean, they're two bucks. Are these the books from the 90s? No, these are from 2002, 2003. Hmm, I'm not quite sure what you're referring to. They, they all look alike. Like, on the left-hand side, there's, like, a solid band. Gary gave me my first one. They were actually his. He gave me an X-Men one, 
and he gave me the the Spider-Man. And since then, I've bought two more Spider-Man ones, and oh. then there's a bunch of Wolverine ones too. I'll have to you have to maybe send me a picture or something. Okay, all right, maybe I'll do that. Do you read? No. Okay. Well, well, it was fun. I mean, I read comic books. Well, yeah, I know. That's what I'm. I'm talking about novels. Oh, I read the Bible. That's yeah. I mean, that's not a novel, but good. And I read a lot of gardening books. Do you really? No. I didn't think so. Because you pay somebody to do your gardening. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so that's exciting thing number one. That is cool, because I know that you, like, don't always take time for Andy. And this is Andy time. Yes. Not that I can read them, but that I go looking for them. Not that I can't read. Because you can't read. Them. I can't read them now. Oh. I can't read them now. I and actually, you know, illiterate. when I go to when I go to them, the these this store, Second of Charles, it's like seven dollars for a trade paperback or two dollars for a novel. So you know. Um, also, a second thing at Second and Charles, I found the best licorice candy. <laughs> okay. I'm going to tell you, listeners, this is a fantastic product. Gustav's Dutch Licorice Cats. Deliciously sweet and firm. Eating one takes like five minutes. Mm, You know, this kind of feeds into your whole tiger fascination. (laughs) This is is really good, man. This is really good. Who eats licorice cats? I do. Since 1876, the Gustafs factory has produced endless varieties of licorice. Because the Dutch are such consummate connoisseurs of black licorice, Gustafs has been fortunate enough to choose from an array of licorice recipes, from salty or sweet to firm or chewy. This this is great. Whoever wrote this, well done. Yeah. They're actually writing the new Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur book. Are they? <laughs> Gustav's Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur. Deliciously <laughs> sweet and firm. <laughs> I mean, I would rather eat a licorice dinosaur than a licorice cat. Well, I can't, you know, there's no choice on, like, what it... And it's not really... It's just the shape of, like, a, a, a dog bone, and they just call it a cat. Who knows, you know? Is it supposed to look like a cat? It's supposed to. Let me look at one right now. I'm kind of hung up on the cat thing. I don't know why they have them cats. Maybe it's like black cats, black licorice. I don't know. It's black licorice? It's not red? Black licorice is real licorice. Red <sighs> licorice is like, oh, you can't handle black licorice. Here you go. Mm, Jumping Jehoshaphat, black licorice is nasty. No, it's no, it's really good. And this stuff is like the strong stuff. The good licorice is the flavored Twizzlers. That's not licorice. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's... Regardless, okay. Oh my gosh, my mom used to get black licorice gum. Uh, yeah, I don't like the gum because it's too chewy. Oh yeah, you have a whole like mouth thing. <laughs> you know, it has to feel right. <laughs> it's all about how you feel. <laughs> it's, I mean, That's what Oprah said. When you're eat, <laughs> when you're eating, there's a texture component. Yeah, there yes. is. Yes. There, not... No, I, I agree. Yes. Did you say there is, or did you say there is? Oh, just my voice fluctuates sometimes, oddly. <laughs> okay. All right, last thing that is very exciting. <laughs> you have three. You said you only had two. I came up with this, but this is probably the most exciting thing. Okay. 
I don't. I am as I commute back and forth to work. I am taking some Andy time, and I am listening to audiobooks. Right? Okay. Okay. I rarely ever reread anything, but this is my third time on this book, and I had every time I read or listen to it. It's just like I fall in love with this book all over again. It is hands down my favorite series, and I it's a trilogy with a couple companion novels, so I have to figure out which one I like the best. But I just started this again, and man, it's so good. It's Red Mars by Kim Stanley Robinson. Have you read that? I was for sure you were going to say Anne of Green Gables. <laughs> it's Anne of Green Gables. I was for sure you were going to say that, or Little Women. No, not Little... No, no. I can't take it when they burn the... the... Or you were going to be like, I like to listen to Big Women. Big Women? Yeah, isn't that the sequel? Oh, I don't know. No, I think it's Little Men. Oh, Little... This is a a midget? I think you went in the total wrong direction. Oh, okay. Have you ever heard of this book? No, actually I have not. Oh, it's like every chapter... It's a different character, and the chapters are like 100 pages. But every ca- chapter is a different character chronicling like the history of Mars from that character's perspective. Like from the time where they leave in their uh, spaceship to all the way to the fourth generation of Mars. So the planet Mars. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, not the candy factory Mars. That's what I was thinking, because that would be a pretty sweet book. R- right. With licorice cats. Did you get the sweet reference? Oh, I did. I saw what oh, you did okay. there. That's very clever. It's very clever. Now I'm going to bask in the afterglow. Keep it's, going. It's it's less clever if you have to point it out, though. Uh, well, I know that sometimes it, you struggle. I struggle? Yeah. Sometimes you struggle with, you know, humor. What do you listen to <laughs> other than Tina Turner? Do you listen to music? Do you listen to books? Do you listen to podcasts? I listen to music and music and talk radio. What kind of talk radio? <laughs> You trying to alienate, alienate the fans? <laughs> no, I'm just very interested. I like Herman Cain and Rush Limbaugh and Sean Hannity, and I like that. Uh, so, like conservative talk radio? Yeah, but then also that that guy that saves you money. Uh, oh, his name is on the tip of my tongue, and we'll probably be doing a review, and I'll just yell out his name: Clark what? Howard. That's his name. Oh, I don't know him. Clark Howard. He'll, he'll save you some money. How does he save me money? Uh, he just knows how to save money and make money about everything. And so he just... Does... Go on, I'm sorry. No, you're fine. He just does his show and you can call in or he'll talk about stuff. Oh, stuff, huh? But it's usually Tina. Okay, yeah, he usually talks about Tina? No, that's what I usually listen to. Oh, okay. Or yeah. sometimes, have you heard of Elvis Duran? No, I've heard of Elvis Presley, and I've heard of Duran Duran. Ooh, so take them together, and it's totally not him. Okay, but I've taped them together. He is take. I said take. Oh, I, okay. I'll untape them. <laughs> he uh, he has, like, a morning show with music and stuff, but he does these phone pranks called phone taps, and those are usually on when I'm heading home from the gym, and those give me a, a good, it's jolly a laugh. Oh, they tickle me. They, they do. scratch like, me right where I itch. The cardio keeps going on the way home. <laughs> I gotta keep it going. <laughs> so what good things are happening to you? 
Uh, well, I set my niece's hair on fire. I don't know if that's a good thing. It was. It's one of those things, like, it's too soon to talk about that it's funny, but I still kind of think it's funny. Right. How did you do that? Like a curling iron or a um, blow dryer? We Jennifer and I went to St. Louis to celebrate her birthday this weekend. To celebrate Jennifer? Ava's birthday. Her name is Ava. She's my niece. She's going to turn three next week. And her oh. social? Oh, yeah. I didn't even tell you her last name. Okay. <laughs> and we always go out the weekend before so that we can spend time with her and not deal with other people at the party. So we went out there and we got her. We decided we we're going to get her trick candles. Okay. You know those? And her sister, I mean, my sister was fine with it. It was awesome. And Ava blows them out and then they light back up. And Ava blows them out and they go out and she leans right into the cake. Ooh. <laughs> and her. Her hair just went whoosh. <laughs> wow, dude. Was it like... Was like wh- oh, my God. <laughs> was it scary? Like, was it to the oh, point... It was so fast. It was just like it burnt a curl off. Oh, okay. But it also singed in all the light hair between her eyebrows. <laughs> so, it was it was a little scary. You know, she's, I love the girl. and uh and, but she didn't even know. Ava didn't have any clue. So she was just like, why are they all up in my business all of a sudden with this cake? She said that up in my biz? Well, she probably would. She talks like a 16-year-old. Does she? And uh, so then her dad was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to throw up. <laughs> why? Because he's a helicopter parent. Because he's a helicopter parent. What is that? He just He just is around her a lot. <laughs> See, I do this podcast, so I'm not around my kids a lot. <laughs> He's a great dad. He's an awesome dad. He just doesn't always let her explore or do anything. So you're saying he he hovers? Is that it? Yeah, I think he hovers. Okay, all right, all right. I just I'm just I'm I'm less interested about him and more interested in the term, I guess. Well, so being that it was, then I think it the rest of the weekend was kind of like. Jared set my daughter's hair on fire. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I see. So we didn't really get to do very much more with her this weekend. So that's, that, a, that's a bummer. Yeah, because I was like, you know, when my sister had her baby, her other baby, Luke, uh, I was the one that went out for a whole week and watched Ava, and I, my my job was to keep her alive. Right. And I did that. And he, then one time you set your niece's hair on fire. Right. Am I right? Well, Oh my gosh! Who hasn't done that? <laughs> Name one person. <laughs> and I was like, her mom was standing right beside her. Why is it my fault? <laughs> right. Yeah. You bought the. Can- Did you light the candle? Uh yeah. Oh, oh. well. He has a point. This guy named Richard has a point. <laughs> is that not his name? No, Jeff. Oh. Okay. Well, Jeffrey. But we got a sweet hotel room. They were, um, we stayed at the casino. We didn't gamble, but we stayed at the casino, and... Would it have mattered if you did? Well, I, I know some people are judging. Right now? I don't know who's in your office with you. Okay, I meant, like, if we release the this podcast, if I don't edit that part out? Oh, no, you can keep it in. About you not gambling? I don't care. I, I'm allowed to gamble. There's nothing in the Bible that says do not gamble. <laughs> they, cast, they casted lots. Yeah. Anyway, no, go on. Go it's on. A, I just find the Bible it interesting. says be a good steward of your money. Right. 
and you can be a good steward. Is, is it being a good steward to buy $2 books when you can go to the library? You know, like, you can right. be legalistic about anything. Well, I don't appreciate you dragging me into this. No, I understand. I mean, the way I look at it is uh, if if you're like, okay, well, there's nothing planned at the movies. I would have spent 20 bucks. I'm going to spend 20 bucks on the entertainment value of gambling or whatever or a poker game or whatever you do, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's it honestly is kind of whatever. You know, you have to I think you have to find your own line. But that's neither here nor there. <laughs> but the thing is Jeff's Jeff's mom loves the casino and so they'll give her uh hotel rooms and stuff. Oh, yeah. And so she's like you can have it. So but when she went to go get the keys, the room wasn't ready. Oh. So they instead upgraded to the presidential suite. <laughs> so is this your aunt-in-law? Uh, this is my sister's husband's mom. Right, so your sister's mother-in-law, which yes. would be your aunt-in-law, right? I have no idea. Okay, go on. Anyway, presidential. President. Yeah, so we got the presidential suite. We got double French doors to get into. A living room, a king size bedroom, multiple TVs, wow. a stand up shower, a jacuzzi in the room. It was wow. awesome, and a hundred dollars of room service. That's impressive. All because yeah. they didn't have the room ready. Yeah, so it was jacuzzi every night and room service for breakfast and dinner. That's pretty gross, man. Just sitting in your own filth. Well, there's bubbles, so it's the filth is moving around. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Frothing, yeah. frothing filth. Yeah, it's like a bubbling pool. Poo- yeah, I don't go in pools. Ugh. I know. Yeah. Yeah. So, but they didn't have ice cream or we would have ordered ice cream to sit in. Oh, gross, man. <laughs> that's so gross. <laughs> We're going in a plane in a jacuzzi with ice cream <laughs> in the beach, on the beach. Flown by a shark. In a pool, flown by a shark. Yeah, that would be my worst nightmare. Yes. Okay, so we're why we I okay. Again, don't don't judge. Don't judge. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so obviously, when we watch a film that is for adult audiences, like a grown-up movie, uh, and I want to show my kids because I enjoyed it when I was a young person. Um, you know, we fast forward or we tell them to close their eyes or whatever. So getting that out of the way. So okay. I'm showing my kids Back to the Future. Ah. Have you seen this film? Like when it originally came out. Okay, so you you haven't watched it? No, in like 20 years. Wow. Okay, anyway. So my oldest daughter really freaks out and she gets really nervous. She's like, does mom know we're watching this? Oh, no. And I'm like, no. <laughs> Why does it matter? I'm right here. <laughs> and like, Deidre's like, I don't want to watch this. And uh, she's my middle daughter. And then I was like, I think you'll like this. And she said, why is it back to the future? I was like, great question. They're going to talk about that. And so she was intrigued. Later she told me. They only got through half of it. But later they, she told me, she was like, you know, I didn't want to watch it because I thought they were going to go to Rome or like the Old West or Greece or something. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> so <clears throat> anyway, that night, I wake up and my oldest daughter is like standing right next to my bed, just looking at me. <laughs> and I'm like, 
yes. <laughs> She's like, I had a bad dream from the movie. Oh, no. And I was like, okay, get in. And uh, <laughs> so that was like, what was the dream about? She's like, I don't want to talk about it. It's very scary. And I was like, what was it? She was like, I dreamed that the sister in the movie drank the car fuel plutonium what and i was like okay you could have anything we could have watched you could have been like this character ate that guy's hubcap you know like how is that a nightmare this kid is overly sensitive oh my word that's hilarious she and then like i couldn't understand because she didn't know the word plutonium because the car runs off of plutonium so she's like the sister drank pluto (laughs) and i was like that is a very strange dream. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, cause you're like trying to do something. Mom doesn't know about it, but you're the dad, so you get to decide. And then what happens? She has a dream about gas. <laughs> Man. Somebody drank gasoline. Well, that's that's ridiculous. That's your own fault. That's not the movie. Yeah, exactly. Are you clipping your fingernails? No. Toenails? No. You are! I'm listening to your story! <laughs> you're, like, distracted. I can hear your vo- your head going down when you're gauging your... Oh my, okay, well, I will not move. <laughs> I thought you got pedicures. I've never had a pedicure. <laughs> I thought you got mani-pedis. Well, I thought maybe we could do those when you come up for alumni weekend. Oh, that sounds good. I think the bee will be doing them. The B. Okay. So, All right. Wait, did you get the yearbook picture I sent you? Because the only reply I got back from you was like, what is this? Right, exactly. What is this? Why did you send this to me? It was posted on Facebook. What was posted on Facebook? Who the posted my I yearbook? You. Who, who posted my yearbook per- picture on Facebook? <laughs> Somebody in the, in the alumni group. Posted me? The picture I sent you. Do you understand? I was in that picture. I know. And that's why I sent it to you. Why did they post it? They posted everyone's. Everyone who... Every row they posted. Oh, okay. All right. And I was like, well, this row has Kirby. Andy and Phil must be in here. There they are. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm less stressed out now. So your picture is out there for the government to see and find. I don't look like that anymore. (laughs) I know, right? I got facial reconstruction, (laughs) gained 58 pounds. You had what reconstruction? Facial. You did? Facial reconstructive surgery. You didn't have facial reconstructive surgery. Every five years, man. You can't can't look the same. I was like, that has nothing to do with that near your spine. (laughs) <laughs> what? As I forget what it's called. The My spine? The where the spine where it attaches to your skull. Oh yeah 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 yeah. Kiari. No. Yes, Kiari malformation. I was like, that does not mean his face has to be changed. <laughs> okay, are you done? Am I done? <laughs> I'm <laughs> just asking. It's only been 40 minutes not talking about comic books. <laughs> okay, this is Marvel 616 Politics. <laughs> Thank you for listening. This is a comic book podcast. I don't know what Jared's doing. 
We I, hope you've made it this far. <laughs> right. So you can email us at marvel616politics at gmail.com. Visit our website, marvel616politics.com. And, of course, follow us on Twitter at 616politics. You can hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash marvel616politics. And thank you to everyone that has liked us because we just hit over 2,000 likes. And we're very close to 2,100 already. You can also give us a call and be a part of our podcast at 616-755-TINA. You call that number, leave a message, and we will play it on air. We've got one coming up later. And you can also hit us up on YouTube and Instagram at, you guessed it, Marvel616Politics. <laughs> we are sponsored by DCBS, discount comic book service, DCBService.com. Go there, pre-order, two months in advance. The way that you save money, nay, the way that you save 40% is because they have exact numbers that they order from Marvel because they order two months in advance. And when you sign up, you guarantee that 40% if off your books if you go to dcbservice.com. Get your comics there. They're the best. They're the best. They're simply the best. They're better than all the rest. They're better than anyone that could give you comic books. That's true. Well, I mean, unless I hand it to you. Mm. Or, well, <laughs> if I handed it to you. Okay, well, th- that's fine. We're also sponsored by Community Retail Partnership, www.crpsavings.com. Community Retail Partnership is a discount membership-based program for all of your needs at Office Depot and Office Max. You get a membership for $39 for life. You can use it online or in stores, and you save tons and tons and tons of money. We're also sponsored by Michael Webb Solutions, michaelwebbsolutions.com. For all of your marketing and SEO needs, maybe you need a web page built, or you want to some, get some more traffic to your site, maybe you need help maintaining your Facebook page, check them out, michaelwebbsolutions.com. If I had a Facebook page, I would need help, and I would use michaelwebbsolutions.com. Well, you know, I, I don't know if they do personal people's, like... Why not? Webpage, like, sure. They could. But, hey, hey, if they're turning down business, okay? No, 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 no. I'm not... I'm not you can always contact my, my web solutions and ask, because you got to go for no. <laughs> That's what I've heard, yes. <laughs> All right, so we got one voicemail, and this is from our good buddy McVicker. You ready? Kevin McVicker. He's not like Cher Prince. I, well, I like him. I mean, he's he's McVicker from the McVicker on Tond episode. What's that? It's an episode that we did. McVicker on Tond? Yes. What's untunned mean? Like, like a double untunned. It's a, it's a, it's oh, a tundra. <laughs> tundra. Double entendre? Is that what it's called? Double yeah. entendre? Is, are you sure that's how you say it? Yeah, double entendre. You I must don't... say it differently in the South. We got you a double entendre. I said double entendre. No. You know what? This is, this is from him, okay? <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, you're user. drinking again, aren't hey, you? I just wanted to call you all for uh, your podcast tonight. Hope you got everything goes well. Had a uh, question for y'all. Um, with the new influx of creators that have 
kind of come into um, Marvel ranks with the Secret Wars. I was wondering if there's been one that really stood out for you, um, and I was really excited to see Joshua Williamson um, in the bullpen, um, but didn't know if there was uh, anybody who, artist or writer who y'all hadn't heard about before and y'all really enjoying so far. Um, but good luck and can't wait to listen to the podcast, guys. See, he is really nice. He said he cannot wait to listen to the podcast. You that guy. To hear you cut me off. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> so, what about you? Any writers or or artists that have, you know, kind of new because of Secret Wars or upcoming who have caught your fancy? Uh, no. Honestly, just because there I just there are so many Marvel writers and and artists that I haven't seen have work for a long long time that I I really I guess I'm just stuck on them and I'd rather see them get some new stuff than these tryout people. So are they going to be reflected in your top ten later on? Oh, yeah, definitely, without a doubt. Some people I haven't seen work from for a while, that's who I want to see have some work at Marvel. Well, what about new talent? I mean, come I on. know. It's are, you, are you anti-new? It's hard to balance. Well, or are you just at, pro-old? Yeah, well, look at my music choices. <laughs> I'm like, who are these young people? Turn on Private Dancer, you know? Yeah, give me the Backstreet Boys. No, don't ever give me the Backstreet Boys. But I thought you were a fan. You went to two concerts. With my wife, because that's what I do to support her. Oh, you support her in her addiction? And it was three. It was three concerts? <laughs> <laughs> my mistake. Like, how, could, how could I have made you look bad? <laughs> I would much rather turn on the radio and listen to Tina, Elton, John, Rod Stewart, like them. And I think I'm kind of that way with my comics. And I, I think it can be a flaw because I want to, I want it to be how it used to be, not like it is now. So yeah, I can see that. Um, I'm, I'm looking. I'm sorry. Oh, what's about you? Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that Marguerite Bennett uh, right now, even though she's doing. Um, even though she's she's doing what is that sixteen oh two? I don't really care about that title. I don't like <laughs> Angela at all. But she's doing some other interesting stuff, and I'm looking forward to seeing her work. I am looking forward to Mike Costa, and he's doing the Spider Verse one. But he did do the Avengers uh, Infinite title Millennium, which it had really good art. But I also enjoyed the story, so I hope that he gets more work. I don't know if he's been announced on anything. But, you know, we were kind of talking before we started recording that a lot of these tie-in books are like uh, tryouts, you know? Yeah, they're kind of like the new Marvel tryout book. Yeah, which isn't bad, you know, but I think a lot of their talent has kind of moved on. I mean, Fraction's not writing for them. Uh, Kieran Gillen isn't really writing for them. I think he might be doing some Star Wars books and that one 1602 book, but, you know, it's like... Some of their guys who haven't... If it's not Jason Aaron and Bendis, everybody else has kind of moved on, you know? But where do they go? Oh, the, see, it used to be that you did your own book to get a job at Marvel or DC. Yeah. But now it's 
you do a couple of small books, you get picked up by Marvel and DC so that people fall in love with you as a creator. Then you can go to Image or IDW and do your own book and actually be your own boss and still make a living. Yeah, it's definitely changed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But a lot of them, I don't see their names ever again. You know, a lot of people, they'll do books and you, they just disappear. Like, do they go on to become, you know, corporate people? Or do they just, like, comics wasn't for me? Or where do they go? Well, who are you talking about? Um, like... Uh, well, like Joe Maggiera. You know, for so long he did books and then he just decided I'm done with doing comics I'm going to do video games and he was gone forever and then he came back yeah who knows I mean maybe people get burned out you know like working with editorial working with the writer going back and forth you know well it you know maybe it's just a it's not a a life passion maybe it's just a job it could be or or maybe when their passion just turns into a job that's when they step back yeah it would just be because to us, or at least to me, they're like many celebrities, the people that write and draw the comic books. So then for me to hear that, you know, they went from drawing or writing X-Men or Fantastic Four or something, and now they're, you know, they run, they're a car salesman or something. Like, whoa, that's crazy. You should right. be rich. Right, because they've made the pinnacle and that's like, that's a step back. In my mind, but for them, they're like, I make so much more money selling cars. Right. Well, I think that, um, I think Brian Reed, he stepped back and he's doing, like, story work on Halo for Microsoft. And then McKeever, I think he just said, I'm done with it. You know? Mm. Yeah, and but didn't he do that, that uh, Young, did he do Young Allies? I, yeah, I think that was his last one with, with Marvel. See? I mean, he was just giving given a rough series, and it blew him out. It could be, or he just said, "I really, impa- I really like these characters, and I, I like the, but no one else likes them. You know, no one sees what I'm doing, type of thing. You know, because it just doesn't have some of that stuff doesn't have that draw. Like Spider-Man loves Mary Jane, or what else did he do? Sentinel. You know. Oh, I forgot he did Sentinel. It's never going to be a a huge seller, and if you have like a niche market. Or, now, uh, do you say niche or niche? It's probably... I say niche, but it probably is niche. Hmm. I just feel pretentious when I say niche. Whoa, pretentious. I feel pretentious when I say pretentious. We've got all these big words tonight. Yes, like niche. And that double entendre. Double entendre. <laughs> 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 Alright, you want to hit some current events? Yeah, this should be good. Let's do it. What do we got on the docket? We've got Future Imperfect, Civil War, Planet Hulk, Magneto, and Renew Your Vow. Okay, which one do you want to tackle first? Um, well, I think we're I think we're not necessarily doing reviews. We're going to just kind of discuss them. Is that correct? I feel like that's a good idea. Well done, Producer Jared. <laughs> well, four of these five titles have wrapped up. They're all finished. Uh, with Civil War, not not quite there, but on its way. 
Uh, so we just wanted to take a little bit and, and kind of step back and look at these books that have wrapped up and figure out whether they were worth it or not. And uh, if if we want some of those things to continue on into the new Marvel Universe. Okay, I'm, can I start with my least favorite? You can start with whatever you want. Okay. Hands down, the worst one is Magneto. These, these last three issues have been so slow and so boring and the same story over and over and over again. And it's just been Cullen Bunn kowtowing to editorial saying you can't move on because we're still in secret war he these last three or four issues have all been in secret war number one taken place in secret war number one isn't that correct before secret war number one yes i think it is that what you said it was during secret war number one Oh, Magneto? Oh, yeah, because they're all battling against the Earth and the Ultimate Universe and stuff? Yes. Yeah. It's just such a waste of time. Anyway, I couldn't stand it. And it was just like, okay, okay, all right, yes. All right, I remember this. I remember this from when he was mean, when he was not mean, when he was mean again. Okay. Whoa. You didn't get that sense? You enjoyed reading this book the past three months? Oh my goodness. I have... I, like, shed a tear because this book is over. I've well, been obsessed with this book. It, it was overall a good series. Just these last three issues when tying into Secret War is awful. I think it did maybe hit a couple bumps, but I think this last issue was amazing. The last issue, number 21, was so good. It weaved it was just so excellent he he went out as a hero he was trying to be his best to to somewhat redeem himself um and there was so much continuity in this book but yet if you didn't know magneto from adam you could read it and and not need to know all that stuff i would say that the the series as a whole is exactly as you're describing it was very good he's very talented it was steeped in continuity it's just these secret war tie-ins are awful but this last issue, though, I mean, it referenced, it started, like, you could see Magneto's whole life, you know, in these big events from when he, he uh, destroyed the, the crew in the submarine where he sunk them, uh, when he was in the Nazi camps, his first encounter with the X-Men, Magneto War, Fatal Attractions, all the way up to his, his series, Killing uh, Past Nazis. Like, it was all there in flashbacks, it was drawn with a bit of a grit to it, it it was so good this last issue. I just wanted to read it ten times. I could, you know what? Maybe it was, but I was so done with okay, one last piece. I, I was just so done with it. I, I, I must have overlooked how good it was. I think part of it too is you knew what was going to happen. That's that's probably true. You were that's like, well, I know Magneto's not going to be able to save the world because like, <laughs> that happened four months ago. Yeah, four exactly four months ago, the worlds collided. So whatever him and Ms. Marvel and everybody else that has last days, we know there's not going to be a, a great resolution. Magneto is trying to, you know, he sucks Polaris's powers away, and it's not going to work. I think probably how you felt about this book, I felt about um, Edmondson's Punisher book. I never I was, read that. I was, it was good, and I was really sad when it ended. 
because um, it was just top notch. They've been doing some kick booty Punisher stories lately, Punisher series, I guess, from uh, Jason Aaron, then Rucka, then uh, Edmondson. Really good. Anyway, all right, what was your weakest book? Oh, my goodness, without a doubt, Planet <laughs> Hulk. Really? Oh, my goodness, it was like <laughs> torture to get through this book. I thought it was pretty. If you want to look at the same thing for five issues, like yeah. nothing happened. That We didn't need five issues to basically walk through Greenland battling a couple hulks and then to find out what you're looking for dead (laughs) what why waste this time go on i'm sorry keep going this could have planet hulk i had huge expectations for i thought it sounded very cool but this could have been a one shot this could have been a just a one issue could have told the whole thing from where doom says go kill red hulk red king and save Bucky. He lands on Greenland, fights a couple hulks with his dinosaur, chops off his head, and saves Bucky. Could have been done in 22 pages. But instead, <laughs> no, we have to take 110 pages for him to be utterly disappointed, have no resolution to the story. Oh my word, it was just. I was not happy. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I didn't expect much from this book, and that's probably why I thought it was okay. But um, to answer McVicker's question, Mark Laming, the artist on this, I am looking forward to him doing more work for Marvel. I thought he was really good. Um, the book as a whole, I surprisingly I overlooked a lot of the story stuff because I know what I'm expecting from Sam Humphreys. You know, it's pretty much just right there on the surface, but the art was really good. <laughs> I think that's probably what I should have done. It's just not had as high of expectation. I think my biggest hope is that these things all eventually intertwine to Secret War. And when this didn't, I was like, I knew it. I knew it. It sucks. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm so, trying to be somewhat positive, but um, there was no payoff. No, there was no payoff. You're right. Find out, oh yeah, I killed him a month ago and sent his head to doom. like why did you waste my my first four months of reading this book um yeah i I don't know if you remember the first time you played mario and you thought you saved the princess and you're like what an easy game i won and then it turns out it's not the princess it's like a koopa or something like oh i didn't do it (laughs) Uh, I like the cover to this book Del Mundo Really good cover Oh beautiful stuff Yeah he is really good The last issue Number 5 with the eyeball being Cap Shield Yes was really creative Yes Yep uh, I don't have anything else to say about this book I mean so it did not tie in No You know So that's it But some of these books You know they're They're using these Really cool storylines that happened years ago. Slapping them on the cover. They've got zero to do with it. But <laughs> but you go in thinking, oh, it's going to be something like this. Nothing close. See, the smart person thinks that 
for issue one. <laughs> yes. Not, not for issue five. <laughs> well, and that's why if you look at the orders, a lot of the books, they they sold really well for the the first issue, and then they don't. Yeah, how are they doing? I haven't seen the I haven't seen the the sales numbers. Oh, I'm like you know, Old Man Logan, Renew Your Vows. Well, Renew Your Vows is probably the biggest one, the biggest selling one after Secret Wars proper, and then Civil War and Old Man Logan are doing really good. Those were the like the three breakouts. Right. Uh, towards the bottom, Modok um, Assassin, and uh, what's that jungle one? I don't wear the. I almost want to say where the wild things are, but that's not what it's called. <laughs> uh, where monsters dwell. Where monsters dwell. Like they're just they're not doing very good. I, that one that surprises me. Just because that must be because I think it has a lot of what Ennis does for fans in it. You know, I didn't finish it. Um, I got the first three, but I didn't. I didn't get the the fourth one. <laughs> like I just can't find out what happens at the end. <laughs> well, it's kind of like I I thought to myself I was like. They have a lot of crude jokes. It's a lot of, like, yeah. voluptuous chicks walking around. I thought to myself, what edifying thing if I finish this? And I kind of used it as a test for myself. Like, okay, how self-disciplined are you to just let this go? So. I think you know. that's, those are good points. I, I was tempted. I, I, I found it amusing, which mm-hmm. that speaks about my lack of character, but, um, you know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Gosh, sorry I mentioned it, just <laughs> write myself down. <laughs> no, but you know what I mean. I was like, oh, this is, this is, this isn't why I read comics. It's, I'm not, I'm not attracted to this thing because it's a great story at no, all. not in the least. The Frank Cho's art is, is very pretty. I mean, it's, it's clean, it's crisp, but, you know, it's just, bunch of curves walking around yeah (laughs) it's all it is well you're Um, the the big spider-man guy so what were your thoughts on renew your vows okay all right so i'm surprised that it's doing as well as you say it's doing um it was an intriguing kind of you know take on the theme about renew your vows you know at first you thought it was about marriage at first you thought it was about his promise to um you know his family but it was basically he's gonna if he has the responsibility if he has the power he's gonna take the responsibility and and do it i like that slot is hit or miss for me on on that theme the art was pretty good um you know it was classic it felt like a real 90s spider-man tale so that was very appealing but in the same respect it it felt like nothing out of the ordinary you know Mm -hmm. it was just ho-hum you know so it was a it was a fun Spider-Man story, but was it a fantastic story? No, not at all. The one thing I really did like about it, though, was that at least we see another piece of the puzzle where everybody is a- against Doom. You know? Yeah, there's that's happened a few times. Right, right, and I like that it fits together that way. And I thought it was interesting how they didn't even know who Doom was. They were like, "What? Who's this Doom person?" <laughs> ah, whatever. So, I don't know if everybody's an atheist in that domain or what. Well, it seems like from from domain to domain, there are different different understandings of doom. You know, some worship, some don't, uh, some think about it very flippantly, 
I mean, you have to think, too, you know, when you're living in some of these places, like the Age of Apocalypse or Marvel Zombies, like, how much respect and love and honor can you give to Doom? Sure. They sure. think that, at least, you know. But yeah. then, like you said, the Renew Your Vows, um, Red King from Planet Hulk, Maestro from Future Imperfect, there's lots of these barons that are looking to overthrow Doom. And I think that that's the... I bet you that that is going to be the the tying thread throughout this whole thing. All of these books uh, have to do with that, and then we're going to see Secret War where he eventually loses his grip on those he's ruling. And so that's how they... That's their excuse for writing these books. And they're like, well, I mean, the the, the baron of this domain wants to overthrow Doom, so it fits in. I gotcha. Yeah, that's a shame. Well, I liked I liked Renew Your Vows a lot. I thought the story was an interesting one. Uh, I found myself like really being worried about the Parkers, like if they're going to get found out from issue to issue. Just, oh my gosh, they're at the school. They're going to get caught. Oh my gosh, what's going to happen? <laughs> I liked that part of it, but I felt like this last issue was was kind of cheesy. Yeah, I'll give you that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, not not bad. I mean, if if that's how the writer intended it to be, then, then good job. And it, but it had Adam Kubert. Yes, yeah, love his work. It was good, but it wasn't like amazing. Like it wasn't the level of astounding that you would think from a Kubert. You know. Well, but you compare it to his work on Axis, when it it looked like he was literally drawing it as they were printing it. <laughs> you know, he just he seemed like he was very rushed. Yeah. Yeah, and then this it seemed like he had a little bit more time to, because the main villain, what was his name? Do you remember? Uh, the uh, something with an R, the Regent. That yeah, I mean his his costume was fairly detailed with the yes. tech and yep. stuff. It would have been easy to just not do that. Yep. So yep. It reminded me of the Phalanx from the nineties. Uh yeah 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 I can see that. <laughs> All right, uh, future imperfect. Yeah, I thought this was... I thought it really had great promise at the beginning. But then part of it started to get a little bit too much filler, you know? Yeah. Um, one whole issue was just, like, giving directions on getting to Maestro. It, it was like, <laughs> go down the hallway, turn right, turn the page, keep going, keep going, stop at the door, turn the page, go left. Like, what? Why, why do we have 16 pages of directions? <laughs> I don't know if you picked that up or not, but I like. I did not the wall. I did not pick that up. I thought the art was really good. I was really maybe it's because a little bit of like uh, starstruck, but since we met him, I was like, oh, he's doing really good. I think Greg Land has definitely improved, and I think that this is the book that he's he's improved upon. I liked when they showed the old guy. Who was it? Rick Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I like when they showed him because I thought. He had good detail. He had good, you know. He's not tracing that, you know. Yeah, and how how like the destroyer stuff? Those scenes, yeah. You know, I so I know can you give him a hard time? But he's a very nice guy, and I think you got to give credit for improvement. Yes. Yeah. Can you explain to me what happened at the end of the book? Um, I'd have to open it up. What What do you? Uh, you confused about? I, 
he defeated Doom, but it wasn't really Doom. And oh, so yeah. He's tricked into think like is he tricked forever now into thinking that he's fighting or like what is going what is going on? Yeah, that's what it was. That it was more of a by by touching the destroyer armor, um, it kind of did a mind thing on him. Like he just believes that that's what's happening. So he's just standing there thinking he's in constant victory, but it's all playing out in his head. Okay, so Doom never even showed up? No, Doom was never there. Wow, goodness. So why did he turn back into Banner? Because he wasn't angry anymore? Looks like it. He accomplished, you know, he, he had no reason to be Banner. Okay, so you mean Maestro? Maestro, sorry. Okay, so <laughs> so this is an interesting concept to me, but I mean, it just was so abrupt. I I just didn't follow it. Like, you know, like it'd be kind of cool. What? A lot of people said that it, the ending was just like the end. Yeah. Huh. Oh well. I mean, I mean, this this was actually one of the ones I enjoyed the most. I'm not saying it was the best book by any means, but I did enjoy it more than some of the other ones. Yeah, I think it was a good, fun read, like I said, just for that whole half an issue with directions. Yeah. All right, uh, Civil War. Yeah, you were, you and I were both really excited about this. Have your thoughts changed at all? Well, issue two... Uh, I kind of went, uh, but issue three and four, um, I kind of liked it. I still want to know, and I thought I thought it was interesting how he brought in the scrolls and how he's kind of leading up to Secret Invasion, which is what Civil War kind of led up to. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. That's kind of clever to me. I love the art. I love Lionel Yu. Um, and it kind of it makes sense that people have been pitting them against each other and they haven't, like, just done this on their own, because that's not really their character. Uh, yeah, it's a good read. It's fun. Yeah, I thought it was it was good. It was good. It, <laughs> it hasn't wowed me like I right. thought it was. Right. The first issue did wow me. It definitely laid a really good framework. Then issue two kind of bumped. Uh, and then issue three and four had their hits and misses. Because the Black Panther thing, that surprised me. And then to find a, it's a scroll that surprised me. So that was kind of cool. But right. I, I felt differently about Lionel U. I felt like that he looks very rushed on some of his stuff. Uh, I think he may look rushed, but I think that he does, like, in his uh, Mighty Avengers, New Avengers stuff. Well, I guess New Avengers, not Mighty Avengers. In his New Avengers and Secret Invasion stuff, he... I think he really took a lot of time. And so it was super detailed, and this compared to that looks rushed, but I think it's just maybe less detailed. That That's important, though. <laughs> I like details. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I don't know how rushed he was. I don't know if this is the natural progression, because how long ago was Secret Invasion? Oh, goodness. Was that like 07? Yeah, so like almost 10 years. Oof. So like his his art, his craft will change in, in the meantime, you know? Mm-hmm. 
So anyway, so there's some good books out there. I'm still uh, I'm still reading uh, Marvel Zombies. Um, that last issue took a while to get through. I'm just like, oh, I can't read this right now. Um, but there's still not that. I mean, like the one book I have to pick up and read is Secret Wars proper. I mean, that book is just so good. And I'm interested in... Did you read uh, Howard the Human? Uh, I did, yeah. Was that good? I did not care for that. Okay. Did you read Hank Johnson? Loved it. Okay. All right. I am halfway through that. We'll talk about it next time. How did you stop? I fell asleep. What? (laughs) I was going to bed. I fell asleep. Oh. Sad. (laughs) But, I mean, that's... that's a new writer that I haven't heard about, and I was enjoying that. I only got like nine pages into it. So, um, any anything else that's really still really good? I mean, those are the only ones I took notes on because I knew we would we would discuss them. I I'm just wondering off the top of your head, what are you still interested in? Well, I was really bummed that Hank Johnson was only one issue. That's it. It's not a. Oh, no, it was a one shot. Oh. But it was so good. It's just loved, loved that. Did you read the uh, Secret Wars Love or Secret Love or whatever? Yes. Was that good? I flipped through it. Like, I've got it. <laughs> I'd read a couple balloons and skip a page. and <laughs> That uh, good, huh? Uh, it's just not good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just silly, but I, the, the whole Secret Wars thing, I'm trying to read everything. Good luck, man. It's, because you know you pick up this little thing in this issue. See, that, you don't you don't have to explain it to me. I mean, yeah. the tables have turned here. I can I can barely get through anything. Oh, well, once once Secret Wars is done, like I've seen the solicitations, I feel like I'm going to be reading four books. <laughs> That's so sad. That is I'm just totally so not sad. interested in hardly anything. Uh, they just like marvelous DCing themselves. Yeah, they're instead of focusing on their big guns and the status quo that has made them money for 50, 60, 70 years they're like putting their efforts into these little indie, they're like trying to become an indie company yeah, a genre of books yeah, that is not what you do guys that's not what you do well Yeah, I liked, I know you probably didn't, but I liked X-Men 92 no, I, I stopped reading that. I was like, ah, I don't have time for this. And I love me giant-sized little marbles. I still, you know, with the amount that you've talked about it, and I think somebody <laughs> on the Facebook page was talking about it, I, I, I do want to give it a fair shake. I just haven't done it yet, and I'll probably wait until I can sit down and just read them all straight through. Yeah, they're just, they're so cute. <laughs> what? <laughs> you, you yawn. Oh. <laughs> They're just so cute. You know what? I yawned earlier. That's so it's fine. It's fine. You're it's not even really that late. That's sad. Yeah. Well, not everyone gets up at four. That's true. Not everyone does. Winning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you want to hit our top ten? I'm really excited about this top ten. Yeah. All right. So. This is the top ten books that we want to see come out of Secret Wars. Now, some may have to do with Secret Wars, picking up the pieces, where it left off. Some may just be Jared wants to see this character. 
you know, because he hasn't seen Storm in a while. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know about you. I did put him in order from 10 to 1, and I said who I wanted to write it and kind of what the topic would be. Hmm. I did not put them in order. Okay. But I can do that. That's fine. You don't have to. Winning. I'm doing it now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I will go first. Number 10, I would love to see a Madrox book. Hmm. And I would love to see it by Peter David. And I think it would be really interesting to explore the difference between his dupes, his regular dupes, and the multiverse alternatives that may or may not be out there in Battleground. Ah. And so kind of like a character study, like he's done before with the same guy, but kind of a different dimension, like what defines him as a character, what defines him versus defining a dupe, and then does he pull dupes just from other dimensions or, you know, that kind of thing. That'd be cool. Yeah, I think I, I think Peter David could do a good job with a supporting cast. And I know he's kind of done a lot of that already, but there may be more life in that. That's a good idea. Thanks, buddy. And you said Peter David? Yeah, yeah. Good. I picked him for a book, too. Well, good. I think I did. Yeah, I did. All right. I would go for number 10, Fantastic Four, written by Mark Wade. And illustrated by Sal Aroka. Oh, interesting. They are Marvel's first family, and I there are some titles that should just always be in existence. And I think Fantastic Four is one of them. They just they should always have some sort of space fearing sciencey larger than life book. Now my immediate thought was Mark Wade would do a great job with Fantastic Four. And then my second thought was, wait a minute. Wasn't he already on Fantastic Four with Waringo? Yeah. Did you read any of that? I did. Was it good? Yeah, I have. A, I think I have one of the trades. Because I'm not a huge Fantastic Four person, but I think they need to just always have some place in the Marvel Universe. I can see that. So, not right. that I would read it, but... <laughs> just you want it out there for comfort's sake? Yeah, it's weird to go to the comic shop and not see Fantastic Four. I think. Yeah, well, right now it's just weird to go in there and not see hardly any of the titles we're used to. I know. It's like, like we're doing a photo scavenger hunt for the youth group this Saturday, and um, one of them, one of the ones I did was pick up an Amazing Spider-Man comic book. Not a comic book just with Spider-Man on it. It has to be an Amazing Spider-Man title. Mm. So I'm going to see how they do. So they can pick up Amazing Spider-Man Renew Your Vows. I guess they could. Is that the title on it? It is. Yeah, okay. Sure. It's weird. It's so weird. None of them have a preface, but Renew Your Vows has Amazing Spider-Man, colon, Renew Your Vows. That's weird. Yeah. Very strange. All right, my number nine is Punisher by Jeff Lemire. And I think he should do the same thing that he's doing with Hawkeye right now. So kind of looking into his past and doing Uh some back stuff. Now, we've done that with Punisher before, but I think Jeff Lemire could do a good job. So, yeah, has there not been a Punisher book announced? I don't, I doubt that I saw. Wow. I was was hoping that you would say, hey, you know, there was one, but. 
No, I think you're right. I don't think there is a Punisher book. Mm. And, and you know, Marvel's announcing new books all the time, but it, it didn't. It wasn't dropped with the big announcement. So right. Yes, Punisher is another person. Always needs to have a place in the Marvel universe. I think so too. Maybe not all the time, okay. but like probably, you know, six out of the twelve months at least. Come on. Oh, I didn't do an eight. I have two number fours. Alright, well, we're not going to have another eight. We're just going to have two number fours. Okay, number nine. Hulk by Peter David and Adam Kubert, where Bruce Banner is Hulk. <laughs> That's the premise. That is the premise. We follow the adventures of Bruce Banner as he gets angry, runs to the desert, and people chase him. <laughs> Now he Peter David's like iconic on Hulk, right? Yeah, and Adam Kubert drew Hulk for a while. Okay, I I started reading Hulk with the uh, volume two, number thirty four, which is Return of the Monster, and I think that's right after Peter David wrapped up. Who was that? Chuck Dixon. I did not read that. I I really enjoyed it, but then there was one storyline in there before he got sent off to space called Tempest Fugit. Oh, yeah. And I was like, oh my goodness, what is this? This is ridiculous. And it was the only Peter David storyline that I read, but I just didn't know who it was at that point. Was that the one with dogs? I thought it was like with the leader, and it turned out he was on an island, and most of it was an illusion or something. Oh, okay, maybe not then. I'd be down for that book. Yeah. All right, number eight. Um, Brother Voodoo. Ooh. By Remender. Oh. Which I don't really like his stuff, but sometimes, every once in a while, he, he does. And I think he was on the Brother Voodoo when it was, uh, do you remember that one? Like, the Supernatural Avenger, Brother Voodoo, the Supernatural Avenger? Yeah, I didn't read I, that, but I remember that. I think that was him. And I think it should be dealing with the Battle World Fallout, like, falling apart. Uh, I don't know how Secret War is going to wrap up, but, like, remnants, supernatural or metaphysical remnants of battle world interacting with um whatever either the 616 or whatever world follows that and him kind of going around cleaning up for a while yeah hmm so you think like that's something you'd want to read uh yeah yeah i like brother voodoo okay and I I enjoyed his seri- Remender series on him before previously. If it's got a good artist, I mean, if it's like Stuart Eminem or something, mm-hmm. then I'm I'm down. Interesting. If it's a Cuna, no, I don't think so. I don't think I could. I think I'm all Acuna'd out. Yeah, once you've seen one Acuna book, you've seen them all. <laughs> <laughs> we do all not right. have an interview scheduled with him anytime soon. Right. Um, uh, I don't have a number eight, so I've got number seven. Okay. Hank Johnson, agent of Hydra. There you go. All right, all right. With David Mandel and Michael Walsh. They are the ones that did the one shot. I just was so impressed by that book. That one and uh, Howard the Human and Secret Love, those three were one shots, and I just had no interest but I was like oh, I gotta read them because they're part of Secret Wars and the, you know uh, super disappointed by Howard the Human it was so boring and um, Secret Love was just not good 
And then so I finally read this one begrudgingly, and I just was super into it. And it was funny, it was witty, it was realistic, but it wasn't a comic book. So I would like to see something. But it's almost one of those, like, it was so good, don't get any more. Just be happy with the one that you had, because if you make it any more, it's going to ruin it. (laughs) You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Like, when you do Dumb and Dumber 2... Like, oh, Dumb and Dumber was so good. You want more, but it's better to just leave it at one. Gotcha. All right, my number seven is Mockingbird, uh, written Mm. by Bendis. And I think it should be a book about Hydra and AIM and S.H.I.E.L.D. Doing what? Just a lot of just the secret organization stuff. Not necessarily an espionage book like um, Brubaker's... um, Captain America, like Red Menace book, Mm -hmm. but more like, you know, what's going on, the interaction, the interplay between how these organizations interact with each other, kind of some structure. You know, it's kind of like the the Marvel Universe is built on multiple levels. One is your street-level superheroes that have no idea about any of the other stuff that's going on. They they don't understand. They have no clue when the Earth is about to be blown apart <laughs> and the Avengers save them. But, you know, like, people just don't know. They don't know these things are happening. So I figure this is one of those foundational levels about how governments run and everything that the normal public would just not know about and Daredevil wouldn't know about and that kind of stuff. But now it's called Mockingbird. Would she be in the book? I think that she should be the main character. Okay. Yeah. That's what I wasn't quite sure of. I, yeah, I would I would like uh, Bobby to uh, to be. I think Bendis could write her and the supporting cast very well. And would this be Sunspot's aim? Would this be Sunspot's? Oh, oh, good question. Um, probably not. You could do like a a faction that split off. Yeah. You know, that type of thing. Okay. And I guess it would be very similar to with Nick Spencer's Secret Avengers, but specifically around spying and, and kind of divorce it from the whole Avengers superhero thing. You know, mm-hmm. these people are trained. They don't have to be superheroes type of thing. Oh, that's very creative. Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. Uh, my number six is Bishop. And it's by Larry Hama and Steve McNiven. Oh, a McNiven book. Good call. Yeah, my thought process was get one of those great writers of solo characters, Larry Hama, because he wrote Wolverine back in the day. And he wrote it for a long time and, and really laid some good foundation for Wolverine. But instead of Marvel just throwing these new series out and attaching an artist that is really stylistically not mainstream, you know? Throw one of the big guns on one of these these solo titles and watch it be successful as opposed to just setting it up for failure. And I picked Bishop because Bishop is he's just such a conundrum in himself. Uh, you know, being from the future, coming back to save the X-Men from a traitor. The traitor turns out to be Professor X. He wanders and wanders and wanders. Turns out to be the only one that survives from 
you know, that remembers the, the stuff from Age of Apocalypse, but it still doesn't have a meaning, goes crazy and trying to kill Hope so much that he kills Professor X and then travels the future and, you know, basically destroys the majority of the Earth trying to kill this child. Yeah. And comes back to present time and is somewhat forgiven, but they <laughs> don't really know what all he's done. They just know he shot Professor X. I just think there's there's unlimited story potential in Bishop. And they're either going to keep him as a has-been thrown in the back that nobody ever refers to again, or they could take him and really make him like the most interesting character in the Marvel Universe. Now, he's pretty much dead right now, right? He was on Earth-616, and everybody who didn't escape the pod died, right? Yeah. And so, does that include Cable also? Yeah, Erbody. And Earth Hope, I would assume, too. Hmm? And Hope, I would assume, too. Yeah, yeah, we haven't seen Bishop since uh, Uncanny X-Force. Yeah, Humphreys. Yeah. yeah. With Demon Bear. Oh, <laughs> uh, the Demon Bear. And then these soul-sucking ghouls or something that... The Revenants. The, yes, there you go. Cassandra yeah. Nova. Was she part of it? Mm-hmm. Uh, I forgot that. But yeah. the art was fun. It just totally watered her down, though. Oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Um, okay, my number six. Heroes for Hire by Rucka. And this would be a street-level mayhem against crime bosses. And who would be in that book? Uh, probably Misty Knight. Um, who's that guy? Who's in the Who's in the Daredevil book right now that Wade is doing? What's that guy's name? Oh, he's Matt Murdock. He's got the cloak. Oh, cloak. No, no I'm sorry. Cloak and dagger. Uh, no, no. It would probably be like Abnett and Landing's Heroes for Hire, but I would I want Rucka writing it. Are you thinking Shroud? Yes. Shroud. Look at me. And then, oh, Paladin. Oh, Andy. It's like, what? Let's get all the boring street-level characters. I like Paladin. Paladin, Shroud, and Misty Knight. Yeah. Issue two. (laughs) (laughs) I think that if Rucka did it, he would do a really good job. We thought we could make it to 12, but this turned into a limited series. (laughs) okay you go alright number 5 Age of Apocalypse by Howard Mackey and Carlos Pacheco (laughs) cause Carlos Pacheco could draw a tree and I would read the book (laughs) and uh, Howard Mackey is one of the folks that kind of put the Age of Apocalypse universe together back in 95 and uh I've enjoyed the Age of Apocalypse book in some respects, but it would be really good to kind of go back to that original universe of Age of Apocalypse and just kind of see what's going on there and have it written by one of the founders with some gorgeous art. Pacheco, huh? You like Pacheco? Yeah, I do. I uh, It reminds me of Lupacino. I really liked her stuff. I don't know who that is. She was on... X-Factor with Peter David. 
Really? They were. She reminds you of her, her stuff, right? Well, just the name Pacheco Lupacino. Oh, I thought you meant stylistically. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not that. I'm not that small. Oh, okay, okay. You have I to excuse me. I'm a little. Right. I'm a little slow. <laughs> I would definitely not read that uh, Age of Apocalypse book. <laughs> <laughs> did they have that? What What did they have that like Latham was writing? They did a mini series, like recently. Oh, when they had the Age of Apocalypse crossover with the Exiles. Yes. Yes, but it was it was like the Age of Apocalypse with only like four characters from Age of Apocalypse and the Exiles team that you don't like and the Astonishing X-Men which is really Wolverine and mostly B-listers. Yeah, that's a recipe for disaster right there. For real, like they announced it and everybody went, "Huh?" <laughs> <laughs> This is going to be great. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah. Gene is actually Apocalypse. No, Wolverine is actually Apocalypse. This is not the age of Apocalypse, guys. (laughs) Um, Number five, Ileana Rasputin slash Magic, written by Colin Bunn. Mm. Uh, I think he would do a great job. This would be like your spiritual realm and eventually a crossover with Remender's Brother Voodoo. Sign me up, I'll read that. I think it'd be good. Yeah. I would like to know a little bit more about her character. My, the only thing I really know is who wrote that? Zeb Wells? I think when he jumped back on um, uh, New Mutants. Mm-hmm. And so they went and got her out of limbo. Yeah. So that's all I know from then on. So okay. basically that and then AV, AVX, right? Okay. Did you read X in Furnace? The, yeah, I did. I did. Sibolsky, right? Uh, I don't know. C.B. Sibolsky? Her and Magic in it. I mean, her and a Pixie. Yes, I did read that. Yeah. But I didn't really have a good frame of reference. Pixie, that's one I like. I like her. Ugh, gross. I didn't, I didn't think I would, but I, I do. No, I would definitely yeah. read Magic by Colin Bunn. That'd be great. It could be a horror book, you know? Oh, yeah, totally. And he would reference continuity, and it'd be wonderful. Uh, well, uh, Colin, when you're listening to this, bring it to Marvel. Oh, that'd be cool. Because he's listening. Right. All right, number four, X-Men by Chris Claremont and Andy Kubert. And it would be the all-female X-Men team. That Brian oh. Wood originally started. Instead of going to A-Force and trying to do that thing, let's go back to how it should be. With Storm <laughs> and Rogue be. and Psylocke yeah. and all them. Right. <laughs> and no one can write a better X-Lady than Chris Claremont. And very few can draw a better X-Lady than Andy Kuber. I hear that. I don't know what that means. Sure. <laughs> it's true. So what does this have to... Is this just a book you would like to see in any reboot? Or does this have to do with Secret Wars? These are all titles that I want to come after Secret Wars. Okay. <laughs> Isn't that what we said? Yeah, I'm just... I'm not jumping on you. I'm just wondering if it would tie into Secret you Wars at all. You seem defensive, not me. <laughs> would it tie into no, Secret this, Wars? This could just be Storm-like. Look at those A-Force chicks. They're nuts. Let's show them how it's done. Let's do our own book. 
Yeah, we okay. got to run from the Terrigen Mist anyways. Oh, boy. All right, number four, Emma Frost, written by Yost. And I think that it, she could do a, a better job learning uh, or exploring how she's recovering from AVX and finding her purpose now. So whether that means going with the Cuckoos and trying to mentor them from her perspective or, you know, maybe going back to the being the white, the um, I'm sorry, the white queen or whatever, you know, like, what is she up to? How is her character? I think he could do a good job looking at her character. I think that's another good pick. You're you're doing fairly well. Hey, thanks, buddy. You'll love this next one. <laughs> Yeah, good. I, I would read a... It would have to be somebody like a Yoast or a Bun that could write a good Emma Frost book. I couldn't do a Bendis Emma Frost book. I I think I erased Bendis' name and put Yoast. I mean, there's... She can be snarky, but you can't be snarky for all 22 pages of the book. Right. Yep. You know? You have yep. to be a human at some point. And have to have more than one-liners. And I don't think that Bendis can get past that part of her character. I, you're probably right. Like, I think Grant Morrison did a really good job of blending those aspects of her character. He could write that, you know? He, mm-hmm. he just... Because he's the one that made her popular again. Before, she was just the former teacher of Generation X. And the chick that taught the Hellfire Club. And we hadn't seen her in a while since Generation X had been canceled. And then he pulled her into being on Genosha when the Sentinels came and destroyed it. And, uh, yeah, I'm going off on a tangent. So I totally know what you're talking about, man. That was a good pick. Thanks. Uh, so my other number four is X-Men 92, and it would be written by Scott Lobdell and, written, and drawn by Jim Lee. Is this 616 continuity? Well, X-Men 92 was a good book. <laughs> Is it 616 continuity? Oh, X-Men 92? Yeah. This could be... Ish, and I, we've talked about this in the past. We've done a similar top ten. This would be stories that take place in between the issues. Oh, like a legacy book. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's interesting, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you didn't read all of X-Men 92, but... That X- is interesting. But X-Men 92, the last <laughs> issue, ended with um, something like, more X-Men 92 is coming. What? Yeah, I know, right? I'll pull it oh, up real what? quick. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? Let's see. <laughs> oh, here it says... X-Men 92 will return. Hmm. Instead of, you know, finished or the end, that's what it said. You think it's going to be more infinite stuff? I don't know. It's been very successful. It's done very well on the infinite books, but then the paper copies have sold very well as well. So I think maybe Marvel is, you know, they're tapping into this, this group of fans that have wanted something for a long time and they're giving it to them. They just need to make some changes. Hmm. Like Storm's hair and, and you know, <laughs> easier to understand writing. Yeah, not like a full exposition, full page. Yeah. 
Um, all right, number my number three. You ready? Yes, I'm ready. I'm holding on. Okay, it is the Sentry. Ugh. By Jonathan Hickman, and it ta- it's it's themed around or centered around the Sentry dealing with a god complex from the fallout of Doom. So he sees what happens with Doom and Secret War, and he says, "I have this much power." Um, Doom tried to do a good thing, but it turned out bad. You know, how am I going to live my life? That type of thing. So it's really a character study uh, on what it is to be a god uh, with that character. And I think Hickman would do a great job. I think that's a very interesting premise, man. Thank you. I think that could probably be done. I wouldn't read it, but it could definitely be done, I think. <laughs> I wouldn't read it. It wouldn't sell, but... <laughs> and he's dead anyway, so you know dead means dead. Oh, that's what I've heard. He was... You said he's coming back in uh, Contest of Champions. He is. Well, then dead doesn't mean dead. Well, Contest of Champions, from the characters that have been announced, it sounds like they're from various different universes. So this could be, you know, pre-ripping Aries intestines apart. <laughs> well, we could only hope. <laughs> Aries, that's a that's one. That's number eleven. Uh, <laughs> uh, or are you doing the top eleven most boring titles? Is that no? <laughs> Aries and Phobos. Phobos. I would, to, I would do that book. Yes, I couldn't read Aries without Phobos. <laughs> <laughs> Are you mocking me? Because I really like those two characters. Oh, gosh, Andy. So... They were so cool. <laughs> okay, number three. Giant-sized Little Marvels Ugh. by Scott. You haven't even read it. <laughs> you would You would take up a book with that. Andy, it's so good. It's so funny. They're so cute. I'm laughing. It's a humorous book that... That's not trying too hard. Like Squirrel Girl is like trying to be funny, and you're like, right? It's really not funny. Like seriously, but it's just <laughs> little, giant size little marvels. They're they're funny. You know, Rogue is on her cell phone the whole time, and they're got these little hands, and <laughs> it's funny. <laughs> I can tell that you're amused. It is. It's it's you just see them. They're like you know uh, exaggerated versions of themselves. Sure. You know, fighting, there's an X treehouse and an Avengers treehouse, and then the Guardians of the Galaxy show up, and uh, it's it's very funny. I like it. All right. Anything else on that? <laughs> no, I know you want to get to number two. <laughs> number two. You're going to love number two. Tigra. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or Tigra. Oh, Tigra. If Eating licorice. Written- Written by Brian Reed. And no I artists. Think, what'd you say? You have no artists. I don't really care who does the art. What? See, I went there, but I did my job. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that they they would explore. Oh, okay, all right, all right. Ringo on this book. All right, all right. Wait, didn't he pass away? Yeah, he's dead. Andy, I'm talking what? about stuff that could actually happen. Oh, oh, okay. Brian Reed moved on. He's not writing comics anymore. Oh my gosh. But this is what I I want. And you said you wanted 
Howard Mackey on a book. Yeah, and he could do a book. We have an interview <laughs> scheduled with him. Do we? I told you about that. I know, I'm, I'm reacting that way for the fans. Whoa. What? Yes. That's great. Yeah, what? Can you believe it? All right, so uh, Tigra by Brian Reed. Explore the character in daily life and how superheroing can get in the way of your personal life. Or hygiene. Uh, I, I don't want to explore that with her. I mean, like, her life is boring. What do you mean? What does she do all day? She has to get up and put on her bathing suit. <laughs> right? <laughs> She has to brush all that hair, bro. It's short. She keeps it trimmed. <laughs> yeah, but she still gets like, still gets hairballs. Hair yeah. And stuff. So then, so then there's a, a daily call to the plumber. He has to right. get the hair balls out of the drain. You could. I thought about. I thought about adding doing a a Tigra and Wonder Man book. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I've got this premise for you. I'm going to take the two most boring Avengers ever, and we're going to put them in a book together. You know who write? You know who should write this? Nick Spencer should write this book. Tiger and Wonder Man by Nick Spencer. That's who should write it. Move over, Brian Reed. <laughs> he would do. That would be a great book for him. For him, but no one would buy it. Well, I mean, the same people that bought the superior foes of Spider-Man would buy it. It's really weird. We we haven't been able to sell any of these books, but there's this one shop in Louisiana <laughs> that, that just orders thousands them every week. <laughs> Tell us your secret. <laughs> All right, you go. Number two, Magneto by Cullen Bunn. <laughs> what? You're ridiculous. I just want the same book relaunched. Well, yeah. Cullen Bunn and Gabriel Hernandez Walta. Because that's who drew the book most of the time. Okay, and what would be the premise? The same thing. Magneto's path to redemption of and towing the line constantly of am I good, am I bad, I'm in the middle. The you know, grappling with the decisions he's made in the past and how they affect him in the present. You don't you think that book suffered from having to be included with a lot of the, the crossovers and stuff? Yeah, it shouldn't have been. With Axis, too. Yeah, 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 Axis and Secret Wars were the two. And yeah. it should have just, you know, he left the t- he left Scott's team, just up and left, didn't really give him up much of an explanation, and was doing his own thing, and it should have just been left there. I agree. Because even just to have the whole issue showing him recruiting villains, it's like... Just let Colin do his thing. Leave him alone. Right. Yep. All right, your big number one. Number one, Peter Parker, Spider-Man by Mark Wade. Focus on the relationships with the classic cast. Perfect. Perfect. Yep. I think Mark Wade could really, uh, really pull off. I would love to see Ramita on the book too, but you know, junior or senior. <laughs> His senior passed away. I don't think so. Oh, well then Senior. I don't think so. No, now I don't know. Kevin or John or Scott will probably let us know. Scott knows. Notice that Dan Slott isn't on any of my top ten here. Well, but Scott needs that time. He's got a new new son. You know, just (laughs) give him that time to 
Right, right. Yeah, he's going to be relaunching Amazing soon. So, Scott, good luck to you. Yep. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And his kid is gorgeous. Holy cow. Yeah. <laughs> okay, then. Oh, my goodness. He's got a little son named Torin. And every time I show Jennifer a picture, she's like, where is that kid? I'm going to steal him. He's just. She is really into stealing babies. She is, but she doesn't like them. Uh, she doesn't okay. even so like she, babies. So she steals them and then puts them in the closet or something? She thinks of them as stuffed animals, I think. Because oh. she probably has like... Like beanie babies? Yeah, she probably has like 150, 200 stuffed animals. And Good so I night. think she just wants these babies to just sit in chairs and look cute. There's an old uh, Our Lady Peace song about stealing babies. I'm dreaming you're stealing babies. Oh. No? Is that the whole song? It was probably written for her. I'm dreaming you're stealing babies, and I'm dreaming, dreaming that you're drinking the gas from the car and back to the future. <laughs> Pluto! Pluto! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's good. That's going in the clip show. (laughs) (laughs) Number one, Storm, by Chris Yost and Joe Madureira. I can see the writer, but I can't see the artist on a Storm book. She seems too, like, serious for that. Did you... He would would draw the heck out of Storm when he was on Uncanny X-Men. I'd have to go back and look. Well, I gave you issue 325. Oh, I can't wait to check it out. When was this? For Christmas. Did you? I did. I gave you, like, my ten favorite issues of all time. Single issues? Yes. Oh, yes, I do remember. Okay, all right, all right. right. Mm, Are they in your to-sell pile? (laughs) I don't have a to-sell pile. You have a to-sell pile. All right, so, Joe, Mad, Storm. Let's do it. Yeah, see, no. No? No, no not a fan of this. Well, you can <laughs> wow. read your Tiger and Wonder Man book, and I'll just pick up the number one selling <laughs> Storm book. <laughs> Tiger <laughs> Okay, all right, good, yeah. I mean, like, oh, we tried Storm yet again, and it got canceled. Yet again. Yet they, again. They've tried it once. She-Hulk is on her sixth solo book. Okay. I don't want to hear it. So... I'm done. Are you done? Yes. You, you want to hit some uh, State of the Union news yeah. and get out of here? Yeah, wrap it up. Let's do it. The State of Our Union. All right, hit me with the news. What's going on, buddy? All right, it's been revealed that the Terrigen Mists does, in fact, kill mutants when they come into contact with it. Okay, so it covers the whole world, right? Um, the cloud is spreading. I thought it covered every... (sighs) Alright, so it's spreading from New York. So that means that every mutant in New York died. Well, I mean, unless it got away. Because, I mean, just think about, like, in your city... Like, sometimes it rains on one side, but not the other side. I guess that's true. Or, like, it could be foggy in your field, but not foggy in your neighbor's field. (laughs) Foggy in the field, okay. (laughs) In your neighbor's field. I'm just trying to think, you know, when we say that it rains, and rain hits everywhere, that doesn't mean that that 
rainstorm is hitting every single spot of the earth, you know? Right, but like it... Okay, all right, I see what you're saying. It went all over, but not necessarily all over to get all over. Yeah. Okay, all right, uh, all right. I think... So, uh, and what what do you think about this? It's dumb. The Terrigen Mist has hit other mutants in the past, and it's never killed them. Quicksilver's still alive. Do you think it would be explained, like this is a special Terrigenesis? Oh, it'll be something dumb. Yeah. Yeah, but it's so, just, you know, it removes the X-Men... Uh, it sounds like something happens to Cyclops in the eighth month in the eight month gap, having to do with this, and that's why Storm takes over. So, I don't know. I guess I'm maybe I'm just super nostalgic, but I just wish things were like they used to be. <laughs> well, yeah, but I mean, you have a good point though. You're taking out your your premier team for the for decades, right? Yeah. And you're like, ah, now we're going to just kill them all. I mean, not that they're going to kill them all, but here's a, something they have to avoid or else they're going to die. So it's better just to get them off planet. If that's what they're doing. I mean, the off planet thing has so far just been what apparently was going to happen before one of the writers left. So all we know right now is for confirmed that the Terrigen Mist does kill mutants. The off planet thing hasn't been confirmed by Marvel. Mm, but yeah. if you've got a mist going around the world that's going to kill you, you better get off planet. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I'm not happy about that either, but we'll see who where, where it plays out. Do we know what books it'll play out in? Well, all the mutant books. It will in all the well, I mean, there's only like in. five mutant books anyways. Yeah, but there's going to be solo books and stuff for mutants, right? That's I'm including them. Really? Yeah. Goodness gracious. Yeah, there's there's going to be the Extraordinary X-Men. There's going to be the X-Men book with the young kids. There's going to be Wol- Old Man Logan. There's going to be Wolverine. And then there's going to be another X-Men book with Colin Bunn's Magneto, Psylocke, Sabretooth, Mystique, that team. So we just don't even care anymore that, that they're in the future, these, these young mutants yeah there i feel like that's just kind of been pushed to the side of we don't really need to explain that like eventually they'll go back in 17 decades like how is this not affecting what's going on now right like they're gonna grow and everything they're gonna get old they're gonna go through all these experiences and they're gonna get put back yeah i mean gene is even like doing new powers and stuff right and like didn't bobby not bobby uh Warren go through the... The Black Vortex? Yeah, the Black Vortex? He did. I mean, and think of how it would affect you if you're somebody like Beast, and you see the stuff that you've done. Eh, he doesn't care anymore. Well, but it, it it changes you foundationally, so that if you do go back to Uncanny X-Men number 8, where they were pulled from, it would totally change the future. Absolutely. Undoubtedly. Um, Other news. Alpha Flight will be joining Captain Marvel on her space station in her solo title as they defend the Earth from extraterrestrial threats. I can't... This this doesn't make any sense to me. Is this a Kelly Sudaconic book? Uh, I thought... No, I want to say that she's off the book now. Somebody posted on, on... 
face on our Facebook page when I talked about Mary Jane joining the Iron Man book, which is another piece, that they said, did Marvel just have a dartboard out with ideas and they're just throwing ideas and whatever hits, that's how they're coming up with the books? Probably. Because it's very odd. They probably directed them saying, you need to, I mean, come up with something that nobody's ever done before. You know, don't worry about it. If it sounds strange, just do it. Go for it. It doesn't have to make sense. That's probably what they did. Because it doesn't. It's just odd. So, and, and then along with that, with Mary Jane joining the Iron Man book, and they say in the titles, it's, and Bendis did the interview, and he said that, yeah, you know, when Mary Jane and Ant-Man and Spider-Man lived at, at uh, Stark Tower, that there was a relationship, he didn't say whether it was a sexual relationship or just friendship, that developed between Mary Jane and Tony Stark, and so they have past history, and we're going to touch upon that. I, I vaguely remember something about that, but I remember more about Wolverine hitting on her and Peter not liking that and throwing Wolverine out of a window. Yeah, it was when Mol- Molten Man destroyed their house, and so they went to go live there. Right, right before, so that's volume Right before nine. Civil War. Yeah. So, wait, it wasn't Molten Man. It was uh, oh. the Skin Deep. Oh, yeah, that's the only trade that I got rid of of Spider-Man because I thought it was a dumb story. But you you have them all, and you got rid of one. <laughs> Maybe that was a bad decision on my part. <laughs> Sounds like a Christmas gift. Oh, I'll write it down. <laughs> anyway, all right. So yeah, I I seem to remember something about that because that's when he made him the suit and everything, and they took him in and really helped him out. And so it would make sense that there's some sort of relationship it could it, it doesn't have to be a romantic relationship i don't know i mean he might have hit the jackpot jackpot tiger <laughs> i i guess so <laughs> she's a redhead right. pepper's a redhead i know i saw somebody wrote that hey have we ever seen them in the same place at the same time <laughs> um she hulk rocket raccoon and groot and hellcat have all been announced as having their own solo titles I'm actually looking forward to Hellcat. I think that'll be fun. Oh, it's going to be so boring. (laughs) Who's writing She-Hulk? Soul. Oh, he... That's who wrote it before. Yeah. That's so weird. And then they're combining Rocket Raccoon and Groot together into one title. Which, Good, because... Oh my gosh, that makes sense. (laughs) Groot cannot have a book on his own. That's ridiculous. And, you know, why waste two spots on the on the publication docket? But that's that's the thing. Marvel knew this was going to happen. Marvel knew when they announced Groot that Secret Wars was coming, that Groot would be canceled, that it would only be a couple issues, and yet they still announced it as an ongoing. Yeah. Yeah, that's underhanded. I don't to like say that. a miniseries or a limited series or, or whatever. But a, a few issues. Don't try and... Yeah. But Hellcat, I just don't think it's going to... It's not going to work. I think it'll be fun. Um, Uncanny X-Men 600 has been (laughs) delayed again until November. What what is with this? Originally solicited for May. Uh, Bendis has stated on multiple occasions that the book has been finished. But 
they're just not releasing it yet. Right, because they want they wanted to do it before Secret War started, but then they couldn't, and so now they're going to wait because Secret War added a book nine, right? Yeah. So that's why it got delayed, I bet. But really what happened is if you look at the solicitations for issues Secret Wars 7 and Secret Wars 8, they've been taken down page numbers, but each each one was reduced by like 12 pages, and now they added a Secret Wars 9. So all they've... They haven't added any more story. They've just elongated the event and make more money. Well, maybe, like... The first part of what you said is true. The make more money, I don't know if they'll actually make more money depending on what the cover price was for the other books. But they they did add an extra month to it, though, right? Well, yeah, because they added issue 9. They took the you know 12 pages from each. Right, and- right. So all I'm saying is that this pushed Uncanny X-Men back another month. Yeah. But they said that Secret Wars 9 probably won't come out until December. Oh, what? Whoa. Yeah, so I'm like, then, is Uncanny X-Men going to get pushed back again? So does that mean that all these new number ones are being pushed back? No, that's what we posted about today. Because if this book, if Uncanny X-Men 600 comes out in November, Secret Wars will be on issue 7. And all the new title, half the new titles will have already launched in October. So you'll, That's awful. you'll have three different. You'll have pre. You'll have the the original six one six happening, Secret Wars happening, and the post Secret Wars. All those those three timelines are all taking place the same week. That's bad. It's awful. That is horrible. You know, I wonder how. I feel sad for Assad Rubik because if this is his fault. Which I'm sure there's many, many, many different reasons. But, like, if he is a big contributing factor to this, they're never going to use him again for uh, for a, a giant crossover or an event. Because, you know, everybody's going to be rolling their eyes in, in, in Marvel offices going, Oh my goodness, we've got to move this back another time. The fans are going to go nuts. I think it stops at the leader. You know, the, the person running the organization... Axel Alonso, you know, if he would who do his job. <laughs> I mean, there's, yeah. you know, when you're focused on doing interviews with media and running around with the movie companies and all this stuff and, and trying to coordinate literally 50 to 60 titles for an event, you can't do it all, man, you know? Yeah. Some, some stuff has to give and... It's just, it's really important, I think, it's really important for books to come out on time. Mm. You know, Secret Wars should finish this month, and instead it's going until almost Christmas. Is this when it was originally slated to finish? Yeah, because everything was going to start new in October. Wow, man. So everything was going to be finished at the end of September, the first week of October. No wonder Hickman's not doing any books for them anymore. They're like, oh, I've been dealing with this for three, four years. I'm not doing this. Well, I just would imagine editorially you would have a headache every day you go to work. Yeah, it would just I would think so. hurt because you have to, not only that, schedule-wise, you have to figure out what's been revealed in this book and if you can let this other book out because of what's been revealed in this book yet. 
Right. Oh my goodness. <laughs> yeah, you would have to have it all like in a database and say, okay, well, does this overlap? I don't know how you could do that. Yeah. Like here at, at this job, you know, we we create curriculum, but when things get pushed back, we're kind of like, oh, can you believe it got pushed back again? But it doesn't affect, <laughs> you know, like hardly anybody in the public knows that we're coming out with this. Yeah. Oh, I can't imagine. Yeah, no, not at all. Because you'd have to make sure that what happens in Magneto doesn't spoil something that happens in Secret War 7 right. that doesn't reveal what happened in Age of Apocalypse or... Oh, my word. I would. Have... And then you have to add all those notes into the title pages that says, this <laughs> This one took place before yeah. such and such, but after such and such. <laughs> oh, we just have a coronary and... Yeah, yeah. So okay. there were a couple other news things, but I think we'll just pass on those. Okay. Are you sure? Yeah, because we're just going to basically say the same thing. <laughs> okay. Amadeus Cho's revealed as the new Hulk. Jared and Andy are bigots. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm actually very excited about Amadeus Cho. Bigots. <laughs> you know, we. You know, I believe that we are our biggest critics. I think so. Because I, I haven't seen, I, I mean, I, I'm not active on the Facebook page, but have people have people complained about us? No, but then I'm like, who's listening? Right, yeah. I don't know how many people are listening. I don't know how the analytics work for that. No, I, th- with podcasting, you cannot know. There have been studies you cannot know. You cannot know. Well, yeah. then, our 10 million listeners... Right, exactly. <laughs> um, but I'm, out of anybody it could have been... I like, I think Cho is the best choice other than Banner. Like, I want it to be Bruce Banner. But when I saw Amadeus Cho, I was like, oh, at least it's somebody I'm interested in, and he's got a history with Hulk. I'm fine with it. Okay. All right. Because if I know that I can't have the best, then, I, then I'll, be, I'll settle for this. Then I'll settle. I was waiting for you to say that. No, it's true. It's true. I... I mean, but I like Cho as a character. He's all right. So it should be interesting to see what they do, at least for a while. Not interested. Okay. All right. All right. Well, um, speaking of our massive audience listeners, go to iTunes and leave us <laughs> leave us a comment. Leave us a review. Five stars. It's easy. Five stars. That's easy. Four stars. That's easy, too. So do that. Uh, this is Marvel 616 Politics. You can email us at marvel616politics at gmail.com. If it's appropriate, we'll read it on the show. You can visit our webpage at marvel616politics.com and follow us on Twitter at 616politics. You can hit us up on Facebook, facebook.com slash marvel616politics. We try and post four to five times a day. Breaking news, polls, interaction... It's the jam. It's the jam? The jam. It's like <laughs> better than peanut butter jelly time. It's straight up jam. Mm. I need to trademark that. Okay. Hands up. We're the best. Hands up. You can also <laughs> hit us up on Instagram or YouTube. Marvel616Politics is our handle. And you can give us a call, leave us a message, ask us a question, or voice your concerns about Andy 
at 616-755-TINA. Leave that message, and we'll play it on the air. Okay. And we are sponsored by Discount Comic Book Service, dcbservice.com. Go there, pre-order all your books, 40% off. We're also sponsored by Community Retail Partnership, www.crpsavings.com. For all of your Office Depot and Office Max purchases, literally save like a billion dollars by getting one of their memberships. And we're finally sponsored by Michael Webb Solutions, michaelwebbsolutions.com for all of your marketing SEO needs. And until next time, keep yours, Marvel 616 Politics. Do you have a bumper for this? I do. Let's check it out. Top ten covers. Well, that was sad. The uh, so I thought I had a bumper, but that's it said top ten covers. Oh, that's a shame. We'll <laughs> 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 have to mark that. I have to do the edit. Do some editing here. Yeah, just stop it before it says covers. Top ten. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and then you could say something like, the books we wanted to see on Going After Secret Wars. <laughs> I like that. I'll probably just clip you saying it. <laughs>